Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number 44 of the Elysium Project podcast, Sacred Song with Matt Kellerman. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe and visit us online at www.elysiumproject.ca. We rely on your support through your purchases of original art and fair trade products from artisans all around the world. 10% of every purchase goes towards this year's charity, the Fruit Tree Planting Foundation, www.elysiumproject.ca. And we are live in studio today, joined with Matt Kellerman. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, so I met you a few weeks ago at an ecstatic dance here in Calgary. And I uh, was recently, or two nights ago, went out to the uh, the landing just outside mm. of Calgary, this amazing geodesic dome where you were hosting also another ecstatic dance and uh, and some sacred music, mm. shall we say. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, brother. Yeah, for sure. That was a good... Uh, a very good, fateful, fateful meeting for sure. We've danced together more than we've done anything else together. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about yourself and what you do. You're working with a group called Sacred Row. Yeah, man, for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, Sacred Row is definitely this um, evolving, community-oriented uh, hub, if you will. It um, it's had many other names in the past, with this idea that it was always going to serve as a as a bit of like a moving container uh, a space for magic to happen a space for healing to occur naturally a space for discovery mm. um, these are maybe I, I could say now in retrospect uh, values or priorities I've had in my own personal life since I was a kid and uh, the other one being friendship that's been a huge um, mm. maybe like literally life or death kind of uh, virtue in my life something I cherish more than any, anything else and so uh, over time, Sacred Row became this this kind of concept as like a, a boat that we're all in together. Um, and, uh, you know, I was for a long time, I thought I was in a boat all by myself. And I used to have this rough and tough attitude about, you know, grunting my way through life. And and then all the while I had all these like pretty awesome people in the boat with me that I wasn't even looking at. And uh, now I'm kind of embracing that. And Sacred Row has turned into this really beautiful metaphor for uh, rowing this sacred boat. That's, uh, together. That's so. so cool. You were mentioning that the other night and I was thinking about that. And obviously what a, a large part of what we were doing out there is mantras and uh, the kirtan, which we'll talk about here. Um, but one of the things that came to mind with that, I've heard, I don't know what truth there is to it, that row, row, row your boat. That's what it's about. Rowing, you know, hmm. life. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that before. Oh, yeah, brother. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I sing, it, I sing it often. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. It's like a mantra in itself. Yes, so. sir. Yeah, I've got, I've had plans actually for a little bit here to try and um, kind of curate uh, like a video introduction of Sacred Row, like a bit of a misty, foggy, Viking-like oh. kind of vibe. And in the background, be like almost humming that song in this like really 
oh, that's like amazing. Nordic kind of way. <laughs> um, so I yeah, man, that. like that song is definitely tied right into the yeah. to like the heartbeat of this concept. I would say totally. So. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure, sure he already knew that. But as you're telling that story, that's what I was thinking of because I I don't know where I saw it, but I remember hearing that that it not only is it a little mm. nursery rhyme or whatever, but it has a deeper meaning to it. So. Yeah, man, I like that. And uh, yeah, I, I got us like a few times too in like group group circles, we used to like rotate or roll the row, row, row your boat song, like kind of somebody <laughs> would start singing it and then they would get to the, oh, yeah, the next yeah. part and somebody else would start singing it and we would get like five different, Yeah, like, just yeah. keeps the energy going and it's a pretty cool song for it that. Is, so yeah. I don't know, there's like a wisdom teaching even in that about how... Uh, how we're all in this together a little yeah. bit. So <laughs> Yeah, you never know the origin of where all these things comes from is always pretty interesting. Totally, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It traces us back to a pretty cool story every time. I imagine if we're willing to look or or yeah. ask or whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Well, it was a really beautiful evening that you put on uh, a few nights ago when I came out. As we said, we were at the it's called the landing outside of Calgary, this geodesic dome, and uh, we were all doing music there let's talk a little bit about that journey and how you got into this we'll call it sacred sacred sound so to speak yeah brother i um it's uh yeah i I actually love the story i'm a i'm a huge um believer and fan of like the power in storytelling Hmm. um that's become i would say maybe the the most like deeply vital art form to to my essence is is like telling a story and mm-hmm. like what can I accomplish by telling a story? Um, what do I give life to by telling a story? This has become an important part for me. And so I actually love this story in my own life, this idea of how did I get into this sound work, this sacred sound, which the more that I look around what's going on in the in the world and the community around me, the more I'm just seeing like I'm actually like I think we are a part of this sacred sound that's just kind of like playing on in the, like the cosmos even it's just it's kind of reaching a new frequency here or or something because it's hard to even explain like how i got here mm-hmm. but uh but it just, it's just happening all the time everywhere mm-hmm. i'm going there's just like more more music more attention to to what does this music do what is like why do we sing this song mm-hmm. um those kinds of things and then it's it's just like I got a really strong pulse. So I feel like it, it kind of like sacred sound brought me to it. Um, but even as a young child, I remember caring a lot about it. Um, I feel like if I had a career as a kid, it would have been as like a voice actor. I used to play <laughs> role playing games and stuff and oh, I would nice. voice out all the characters. And I loved that a lot. That was always, I wanted to commentate hockey games, playing video games again. I was yeah. You know, like Ed Whalen from the Calgary Flames old school days. And <laughs> that was always a an awesome joy for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of expression in my voice always. A lot mm-hmm. of characters inside of me, definitely. And uh, and a lot of apprehension, fear, shame. And I think this is these are kind mm-hmm. of our bonding stories as people when we come together. It's like, yeah, it's not an easy road necessarily. Even if your life is full of blessings and and like uh, like a clear path, it's not necessarily easy to walk it. And so I spent a lot of my life being very uh, self conscious and and like hyper anxious. And uh, communicating with people was a, a great difficulty for me, probably from junior high school up until maybe I was like twenty five, twenty six. I that started shifting. So a pretty long phase 
of, of like really retracting from the world, just like mm. getting super insular. Um, again, I had really close friends and I was super like, they saved my life kind of thing. Cause it just, this yeah. place sucked as far as I was concerned. <laughs> um, other than the time I got to spend with a few people. Um, but I loved singing. I loved, I loved still all this expressiveness that was in my body. Um, I had a job mowing lawns for a while. And when I was mowing a lawn and I had these big headphones on, I would just start belting out songs because I figured nobody could hear me. Mow, mow, mow your lawn. That's right, bro. <laughs> oh, now that's got to, you got to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay, sick. And, uh, but that was like a safe place for me to do that. And, and it like, that was maybe the first time I really started to understand how much I loved singing mm. was like how good it felt yeah. to like put the headphones on and like rip a lawnmower and just belt out some <laughs> sound and then turn the mower off and just like everything was the same as it was before. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, didn't, nobody was staring at me. Nobody was overhearing me except for a couple of times, which was just like, okay, <laughs> but it helped me kind of start dealing with this. And then that started evolving into like, I started teaching yoga which at that time I was teaching, I was like, I was working in finance actually, which was okay. is definitely not my jam. Yeah. So as soon as I started teaching yoga, I was like, this is better than that. I'm going to quit that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing this. And I had to start speaking in front of people, which mm-hmm. was very scary. Yeah. But I learned quickly, I guess, because I just had to do it a lot. And, um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of met some uh, very uh, inspirational teachers through plant medicine, which, okay. which arrived in my life. And through, through that, that lineage that was being shared with me, it was all vibrational frequency based teachings and it was all oral tradition. Mm. And it was all like, like, I don't know. I started to consider through those teachings, like what, what's really going on here other than like, we're all just taking care of one big vibration together, period. And like, you're, you know, you're always, no matter what you're contributing to that. Uh, one way or another, whether you're bringing it down or bringing it up or leveling it out or clarifying the whatever. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then that, that just stuck with me at such a pivotal time in my life that I made a lot of commitment to that work. And that was the big turning point, I'd say for sure, in what has got me doing what I'm doing now. Um, because now my whole life, like everything I'm doing, whether I still just teach in yoga class or, having a chat with a friend like I used to, it, I, it just all feels like sacred sound now, period. You know, even this right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's, I guess, like the the 411 kind of deal on that. But yeah. mm-hmm. I love that. I sometimes like to say every every breath I take or every step I take is a prayer to God. And, mm. and, you know, that really, I think, resonates with what you were saying there, just turning that music and movement into connection and... Uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. And you do it was a really beautiful story you told at the the end of our ecstatic dance the other night. You're definitely very gifted at storytelling. And, mm, thanks, yeah. brother. I, I always say, you know, when people give me props, especially, I'm like, you know, I feel like I've been pretty lucky in this life to have learned from the best kind of thing. And you know, not not to place competition on it at all, but I'm just like I feel so blessed to have learned from the storytellers around me. Mm. Um and then again, like that's the one thing I think, you know, yeah, music for sure. I love it. And that just feels so natural to like sing and dance. But when it comes to like, like what's a unique skill that I, that I've really got a knack for and that I'm like really motivated to dive into. And it's like, yeah, storytelling is that thing. 
So I've explored that a lot lately and I've had really good teachers. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that definitely. And uh, was that something you always wanted to do? Like you felt growing up that you wanted to ex- express through story or teaching? Or is this something that you've sort of come across later in life? It's it's kind of difficult for me to say either way. I I feel like I always was telling stories, but I don't know that I knew I wanted to do that until until yeah maybe five six years ago Mm. and I'm sure I had been like still exercising those muscles quite a lot because once I started actively trying to tell a really good story it just kind of came out anyway and I think that's that's due to like these little things I look back like breadcrumbs now (laughs) you know playing these video games that had these massive stories and I'm, I'm acting out all the parts and I read out loud and I read in character and I always like to me and I retain a lot of information that way too. And I'm like, I, I kind of like just live for the story. Actually. I want to be in it. Well, we're living the greatest story ever told. So. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. The reason I ask is because I find, especially doing, as I've been doing more of these podcasts and interviewing and hearing more people's stories, I think that intuitively we all kind of know as a child what it is we want to do i mean myself i've always been was artistic and musical and um but my parents didn't quite understand that i don't think growing up and then you know they wanted me to go and get the typical go go to the university get the degree and just follow a little bit the, the traditional path and um much like it sounds like yourself there between those ages of my teenage years and about 25, I dealt with a lot of mental health challenges um, just because I felt out of alignment, you know, living here in Calgary and I was going to the university and I'm like, but I want to, I want to draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think in this world we excel at, at sort of producing profit and making money and keeping this great machine going. But we all as spiritual beings have this inner calling that we come here for. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think with COVID, if you want to like look at the positives of it in terms of people pulling back and into themselves, I think a lot of people are discovering like, oh, this is this is my call and this is what I really love to do. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I was asking. Yeah, I completely agree with that, too. I think it it at the very least, you know, it's stripped enough things away on a surface level that it really left almost all of us with uh, at least a a more clear picture of what mm-hmm. what's what's there after most of the stuff that we don't care about so much falls away mm-hmm. like what's what's still what's still there after the job has has been taken away or what's still there after you got to move or what's still there after you got to you, you break up or what's still there right. after these other things that you care about just like you can't go do that anymore and you can't yeah. you nobody's nobody's going to this place anymore and it's mm-hmm. And what is still there? Exactly. <laughs> and, and and at that point, it's like, uh, can you even help but just see it for what it is even? Like, I yeah. think that's a massive gift that we were really given. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty it's a great suddenly way to look too. at it. To, Absolutely. To reframe this sort of uh, last two and a half years of uh, what has been quite uh, unprecedented times. Yeah. In our lifetime anyway. Absolutely. And I, I certainly, I remember myself leading up to that, like, you know, let's say the first lockdown or the first like, oh, wow, this is really like a thing that's happening, you know, kind of being pretty beaten up in my own life and Mm. just being pretty tired and kind of asking for, 
for a pretty big shift or change. And, you know, I remember lots of internal dialogue about, I don't know if I can keep doing what I'm doing like this anymore. Like, I don't think I can sustain all of this, I don't know, consistent tension. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, lo and behold, on in one day, I had a schedule of like 22 yoga and meditation classes per week wiped down to zero in one day. I was like, okay, whoa. Well, there's a shift. <laughs> like, mm. I was just just kind of saying I was ready for one of these and then and then I got this massive shift. And uh and so then I took a minute and I played God of War on the PlayStation like pretty hard for yeah. a week and that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I had this like this kind of epiphany idea um through what appeared like disconnection but felt like stronger connection to the people that weren't there but like that I was thinking about. And so I just threw an email out there and I sent it to pretty much everybody that I knew from my yoga community, from my friend community, my family, everybody. And I just said, hey, um, I got this this kind of intuition that I'm not the only one feeling these things. And, um, and I feel like it's almost an obvious thing to say it might be nice to connect with each other any way we can at this point. So I got this idea to get together on zoom in like a sequential fashion and maybe put our voices out there and, and like really pay attention to each other and, uh, and then really share what the impact of paying attention to each other is. And it created this little program basically. Um, Mm. and I, I like was like, I want 16 people and, uh, I had a week to put it together. And then on the seventh day, the 16th person signed up and it was a donation based thing. It's just like, Hey, like for now, at least this is just something to do that might be good. (laughs) And uh, it, it literally was like the, the catalyst for all of the work that Sacred Row is doing now. Like that nice. was the first, the first like real like group thing. And it was transformational like to no end. Like friendships that are, man, like there's people in this little community that I'm seeing now on a regular basis who, who met at that little portal who didn't know each other before, who you'd look at and you'd think that they'd been like related for 5,000 years or something. Yeah. Pretty neat. So I definitely see this massive gift in, in that, like it definitely was for me as much as there's been hard parts and struggles and uncertainties. There's duality in everything, right? So as much as we were, we all pulled away and the world was basically shut down. Now here we are coming back together as community, um, stronger than ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So indeed feels that way for sure. It does. Yeah. Especially like you say, going to that event the other night, I was surprised when I went out there, you're the dome. This is a big dome. Like, I don't know, 40 feet across and we had it full with uh, singing songs and with kids there too, like a couple youngsters coming out and like, I don't know, braving the group of adults and putting their voices out there. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that just, that definitely moved me actually. That was something that put a big humble fire under my ass for sure. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, like you got to keep, keep making this opportunity available because there's some like extremely important long-term benefits that are being produced in here by mm. the people that are showing up for the future of everybody, you know, yeah. it, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the, the, the strongest moments I've ever been able to see, like what the impact of doing the type of work that we're doing together in this world right I now I got is. to see the last 10 minutes there. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that was late. That's quite a story too. Yeah. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, but I'm glad I made it and I got to come back the next night for a beautiful ecstatic dance and 
it's just been really nice to connect with this community here in Calgary before I make my way out to the West Coast. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you're calling this Bandcamp. I'd like to talk a little bit more about this because it seems like it's one of your your big focuses along with the storytelling and everything else that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, yeah, Bandcamp is a big thing and it, it, it I, I totally agree. I mean, it was so cool to see that that energy of all these people coming together who maybe maybe haven't picked up an instrument before or, or always wanted to, but haven't quite felt comfortable doing so. And um, again, I only saw the last 10 minutes, but I walked in and you guys were full swing singing some. Um, I'd also like to talk about this, the Kirtan aspect, because that's something I'm a lot less familiar with personally. So I've, I've, received i would say some pretty solid teachings uh through yogic traditions which you know i kind of kind of just stumbled onto in my own healing path you know i, I come from a a line of being depressed and then using weightlifting in order to mm. suppress that mm. and then hurting myself by overdoing it and then finding yoga as a means of rehabilitation and um so at first for me yoga was was kind of like this like I don't want to have to do that. That sounds super lame. <laughs> and then, um, and then lo and behold, I start doing this. Not only is it a great challenge physically and otherwise, but it's also so deep and layered with philosophy, which is just full of stories, mm. uh, which like captivated me right away once I started getting into them. Um, and, uh, kind of just this sense of fathomlessness, you know, inside of this, yogic tradition there's a certain surrender that's just inevitable because you almost you get a you get a little peek at the depth of the wisdom there yeah. and it, it kind of draws you into this point where you're like i want to learn this completely and mm -hmm. so you you can put as much effort into it as you want and then at some point you're going to realize like you can't there's just it's it's everything it's how can you how can you like hold all of that you you can't do it so you kind of have to surrender into this path it's like uh it's like an iceberg or a glacier melting. Mm. And and then you just become like, you know, you're, you're, you're not necessarily not the glacier anymore. You still are, but now you're like a moving like river that, that's running across the land. And it's just, whoa, what a, what a journey this all is. So I had some pretty cool teachers in this way. And they're sharing with me about like, you know, the difference, let's say, between Sanskrit as a language and something like English or something even right. like Shipibo, if we want to look at like plant medicine, tribal, vibrational language. And, and so Sanskrit, from my understanding, is, you know, kind of, kind of formed in this very perfect rhythmic way uh, that the breath is, the breath drawn in and then given back through the human form is basically designed to be honored like perfectly meaning you draw in a certain amount of breath and all of that breath is what you need to recite the sanskrit mm. so you, you breathe in what you need to say what you need to say and otherwise you don't necessarily need to take that energy yeah right because you've also you're also made of that stuff right. so you're already eternally this energetic being and therefore sanskrit is like literally an act of of like divine connection and this is probably pretty different approach to language as a baseline to most of the way we look at languages in most other cultures. It's unique in this way. It's quite spiritual by its nature. Mm -hmm. um, and then we look at Sanskrit moving in direction of mantra, repetition of something in a rhythm. And what ends up happening is we not only 
kind of immediately enter into the spiritual connection just by reciting mantra or reciting Sanskrit. But we actually like start to tap into these vibrations that are so inherently both cosmic and like human. And it's like an expression of the connection between the two that we, we become that vibration. And then we can basically like, like a wavelength, you can speed it up, you can slow it down, you can like repeat it long enough that it supplants other vibrations that maybe were going on. Right. Totally. Yeah. Right. So you pick up, you pick up a little depression or something because of whatever, there's so many, so many ways that this can be picked up in our life. And then sometimes we don't realize that that's just a frequency that's playing on loop most of our day and night. And uh, all we really need to do to kind of start changing that experience is put another vibration in there yeah. and put it in there for some time. Like sing that mantra for 20 minutes. It's like, that's a pretty short amount of time to do anything. We'll watch Netflix really easily for 20 minutes. Next episode. Yeah. Cool. Next episode. Right. And not consider what the frequency that we're, we're participating in really is. Mm. And then we'll do a mantra and it's like 20 minutes of that. And it's exhausting. It's like, well, there's something in there that, that it said, and it's not only exhausting, but it's like, it changes things. It mm. makes shifts that are very noticeable. And so this is like the Kirtan aspect is through the recitation of mantra that is the action of like divine connection from a human and a cosmic being that is also the same being at the same time. We recite the story of like this ancient experience. So it's actually Kirtan is a form of storytelling. Right. But it's done through the recitation of mantra. And then it's it's celebrated in community with instruments that are played by multiple people, like pass it around. Mm -hmm. um, and then typically, you know, kirtan's led by, by someone and accompanied by everyone. And there's this beautiful, you know, nature in kirtan. Very often it's like got call and response to it where this, this like leader will, will sing this part and then the group will respond in the same way that if the cosmos shot light out at you, you would shoot your light back out at, at it in response. You know, you hear a bird singing and it's almost, I want to sing back to the bird. <laughs> There's this pretty intuitive thing inside of us yeah. that is represented very well in Kirtan. Not to mention Kirtan typically, you know, you kind of speed up the rhythm halfway through, you speed it up again, you speed it up again. And yeah. it's just... There's a lot of teaching about how energy works mm -hmm. within the human form and kirtan. A lot, a lot of flow to that music too. Like when you say you speed it up and just kind of everyone collectively is there just intuitively sort of feeling into the the, the music and, and yeah. Oh really yeah, cool. totally. Yeah, and it's, it's a transcendent kind of experience once you get into it. You yeah. know, it's pretty hard to stay in your head with your personal problems or the things that you stew about or or things that didn't go right that day once you're in the middle of a of like this flowing song that everybody's singing and it's like been 20 minutes already yeah. pretty hard to keep thinking about whatever other like anything other than that and it totally, just yeah. there's a cleansing about it too that's what i love about music and art that i don't think i really put those pieces together until very recently in life, you know, the fact that I always connected deeply, I, I didn't know quite what it was, but I felt the sense of connection. And when I, when I'm drawing a, a picture or something, I'm just so present and in that moment with, with my art medium that uh, it really is just for me, like the purest form of meditation I can get into. And the same is true when you're doing the, the Kirtan and, and song. Totally. Yeah. Just transcending that stuff and like, through through your art and I love I love like 
that art provides us that mm. and it, it's also just like the most natural expression of ourselves too totally so i personally i think that's you know more so why we're here than than anything obviously we have to make sure we have our our basic needs met but uh beyond that the systems that we have created around capitalism and profit for the sake of growth all of that is just sort of uh, a construct of uh, of this society and like if you go to like what really matters it's uh we're here to create and enjoy this experience and yeah. and god if you want to use that word is is the ultimate artist mm-hmm. <laughs> the supreme absolutely the maestro yeah, yeah totally yeah. and I think that's that's where, and I've said this a few times in like pivotal moments over the last year, I would say, you know, I've just, this has been a time, and I say that maybe from COVID forward or something, but it's been a time that's, I would say, more than anything else, I've been more full of, um, I guess I hesitate to use the word hope, but like optimism maybe, mm. been more more like overflowing with this this awareness and this like, I don't know, foresight of mm-hmm. um, exactly kind of what you're talking about. This, this not, and I, it, it's not so much like, oh, this system's going to crumble all the way down and it's going to look like this and then this other one will come in and whatever. And it's a lot, it, it, to me, it feels like it's a lot more seamless than that. Mm-hmm. And there's this like convergence of, of timelines where, where, you know, we may not even notice that we've already shifted into this new world that we're, we're, we're kind of participating in together right now with still this like lingering narrative in the background that says like, oh yeah, capitalism and this and this and this. And there's still some energy being fed into that, but the tap I think is kind of turned off for the mm-hmm. most part. And, you know, we're, we're creatures of vibration. We're just moving along. We're just, we're, we already caught the good wave. We're already like way in the river heading down, like mm-hmm. hanging out with each other in our like giant floaties and like singing songs and stuff and it's to me like that is the that's like the true reality and then every now and then you catch a little like a fly will buzz around and be like oh beware of this and this and this and like, mm-hmm. well, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like if it's a gigantic fly like i might get, take notice of that but but for the most part i think the world will kind of just like realize that we've already shifted into the new thing probably a little like maybe even immediately when covid hit yeah. we were already on our way there we yeah. shifted and then we're just kind of adjusting consciously mm-hmm. to that. That's that's kind of what it feels like to me. And every time I go show up to you know, band camp, this, 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 it's so effortless. It's the most effortless thing ever, really. It's like uh, you just choose to put the energy in that direction. People come and it's like, whoa, this is this is the best. And mm-hmm. let's just do this all the time now. Like, totally. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you put that energy out there, I find the universe just responds and the right people and situations tend to just manifest. Totally. Yeah. So life's gotten pretty, pretty awesome in that way. I would say really, really beautiful. Um, another, another testament to the gift, uh, if you will, of this, this shift. Yeah. And I think this, the idea of community is so important too. And again, which is what we're all experiencing now coming out of COVID again, reconnecting and, uh, let's, both what myself and you're doing with, with Sacred Row and these these gatherings, just having that, that connection is so vital to the human experience. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's I, I sometimes I catch myself still, you know, 
like just just habitually choosing disconnection over connection mm-hmm. like it's it's pretty uh humbling actually i would say to me to realize like how many opportunities there are to choose connection in this life mm-hmm. like every single moment yeah every single moment you can choose it and it's it's just available basically there's so much to connect to yeah and i think it's a hundred percent necessary to take moments and like just sit absolutely and and you know do that do that integrating that work that like that's connection too though i suppose right like that's still more connection but yeah i I suppose through connection to to our higher power kind of yeah right and and uh yeah maybe again this whole power of a story to bring that like around again is like whatever we believe is going on is going on while we believe it is you know more or less so you know sometimes if i'm wrapped up in this story or this idea that uh you know i'm not a part of this or this is this is like kicking me out of there or um the world's going in this direction or um everybody's like hating on each other yada yada like these things just become real because that that story is being is being spoken to or being told mm. and and you know it's uh it's like yeah we can base our reality based on what gets posted online and and then and then at that point, you know, like the content with the majority of similar headlines will kind of win the day. Mm-hmm. But we can also, you know, just walk outside and be connected to trees and animals and other people. And then, you know, all these other beautiful aphorisms come in, you know, be the change you want to see, that kind of thing. And then before you know it, our creative potential is like literally putting putting that connection right out in front of our face with the person sitting across from us with the tree outside that's been there for 30 years that we never talked to before. Like it's, it's just everywhere. And just, yeah, I I felt like I had a moment this past week actually of just great kind of brought me to my knees a little bit and like how, how much of my life am I choosing like to not connect? Like Mm. how much of my life am I resisting connection? That Mm. kind of thing, holding back. Um, and then for what? And and yeah. I guess the answer I got back was like, yeah, you're doing that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's more there for you to give and receive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exciting. And then you know, like uh, to kind of trail back into that river, this whole Bandcamp idea, I think was born out of this, right? Like Kirtan, I think some people are totally like, this is awesome. I get it. I love it. It's connected to yoga. I love yoga. I've been doing yoga for this long, whatever. And some people are like not they don't they don't know anything about this tradition, this mm. specific path, this uh type of practice that's swept over the world in the last few decades. And I think that's where Bandcamp came in. It was just this idea of like um you know, I love making connections inside of a very yogic community about the yoga about the study about the practice but i also love making these connections with like everybody else totally and um and there's a lot of really beautiful vibrations that are helping the world that are out there and some of them are like sanskrit mantras and some of them are like completely unscripted never been written down or thought about before songs that come out of the mouth of some (laughs) 70 year old person who's never been to a circle before that just happened to get there and Beautiful. was invited to sing and whoa everybody's changed now like thanks for sharing that yeah. so that that's kind of I, I would say the epitome or the 
the peak vision of Bandcamp is just that mm. like literally everybody could come and share their music in a container that is structured to be um, cohesive, structured to like bring people together, to sing together, to play together, and then also be seen for their uniqueness. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So thanks for letting me share about that. Absolutely. So what do you have on the horizon in the coming months with, with Bandcamp and Kirtan and Sacred Row? Yeah, we've got a lot. Summer's kind of swept in like a, like a, I don't know, like a hurricane kind of deal. Yeah. Um, we got lots. I think for me, um, I've been trying to simplify my approach to things instead. Like I've spent the last few years, like throwing 10 events or 10 projects out there and then like hoping that people are going to come to them all and having no time to invest in most of them. Right. And, uh, lots of magic has happened, but also lots of like, like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I've been trying to narrow my focus down and like really listen to what people are like responding to. And now there's like a really good core group of people inside of this, this sacred row boat that are really trying to help like build it to be stronger and bigger and, and swifter. And there's a lot of community interaction that way. And so as a unit, um, I would say sacred row, we're looking at tier 10 on a regular basis, um, like a weekly kind of thing, something that's just, you know, pop in when you need to fill your cup pop in when you you need a little vibration in your life to shift or move or flow um we got two more sessions of band camp in july nice um and then with lots of plans to kind of port that that idea and recreate band camp in different settings um at the landing out out uh just west of the city we're doing those band camps there we've got a few more ceremonies coming up this summer too um and they'll range from deep deep meditations with the headphones kind of guided guided into like really really deep slow space all the way up to another ecstatic dance at the end of august kind of deal and nice. and everything in between as well um and then uh yeah Tara and Calum this this project that got started right at the beginning of uh, covid when i sent out that like hey is everybody feeling this way too <laughs> um we're doing some outdoor versions of that this summer so okay we did one already in Kananaskis, went on basically a little hike and did some river dips and made a fire. And I nice. uh, got a couple more of those coming up as well. One very, very soon. And uh, we're going out east towards like the Drumheller area. Beautiful. And then we're hiking again at the end of July um, in uh, Kananaskis again, different spot. So more or less, I'd say the what Sacred Rose got on the horizon is just a lot of like how how creative can we be about um opening a door for people to walk through and find this community singing and being and sharing together like how many different ways can we build this door and then give people like a lot of encouragement to like walk through it um and so it's really fun that way because it's a super simple goal and the goal is literally just to like bring people together and um create a lot of really healthy space for people to be together and be seen and be heard and to heal and to thrive and to, you know, like roar and to do these things that maybe, maybe most of us learn when we're younger that it's not safe to do. (laughs) Um, and then be witnessed for it so that, uh, so that it doesn't just kind of blow away in the breeze, but it's like something that can have a profound impact on you. Even if it's just like, you know, screaming in front of people one time, like, whoa, yeah, did that. Okay. Right on. (laughs) Let's sing. Um, 
so that's, that's, I think the mission. And I think we've got, yeah, no shortage of, um, ideas for how to make this keep happening. And I know recent events have started to, for me, for sure, been percolating this notion of taking it on the road. Um, I want to meet more people in more places. And I think there's a lot of what's happening in sacred row happening all over. And so I'd love to be like kind of meeting people halfway and like really like tying the, the knots in between the beads of this mala, like in this, uh-huh. in this work together, like just building those bridges, I think we'll be stronger every time we know there's another community and another place doing this kind of thing. And we can meet and share what we're learning and singing about and stuff and then go our ways. And then, you know, how cool it'd be. You just, everybody's traveling around and uh, running into people they were singing with at some other place. Yeah. I just think that's, that's the idea. And, uh, I'm hoping we're going to start, uh, filming for some like documentary stuff soon and just kind of like really, really, uh, encapsulating the essence of what's, what kind of things are happening in this space so that we can show the world that this is, this is also what the world's doing. Yeah. Like this is definitely what the world is doing in, in like in Calgary and in Vancouver <laughs> and in everywhere in between, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not, then like, that's why I think we want to start going there. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So. I love it. Amazing. Before we close off this podcast here, I was wondering, do you, do you want to share, you, as you mentioned, you love storytelling. Is there a story or a song if you want? We don't have our instruments here, but mm. yeah, if you're, if you're willing. Yeah, for sure, man. Let me see here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that's a good one. Um, got such a, such an index, I guess you could say now in my, in my mind, as far as stories go. And there's a few that I really, really like. Um, you know, I would like to share a song maybe, and I'll share a story with the song. Sure. Um, so I, um, I'd kind of started my plant medicine journey and I'd been going through that a little bit at this time. And uh, it changed my life very dramatically when I was opened up to to plant medicine um, because it was not at all what I would have expected it to be um, prior to, to to getting involved. In fact, it was it was so much more grounded and it was so much uh, more steeped in like truth and wisdom and and beauty than I could have ever even foreseen. And I met my amazing teachers and amazing friends and mentors in, in this community through plant medicine. And at the same time, my life was like changing so much that I was uh, a little worried about letting go of myself so completely Mm. and embracing myself so completely and, and trying to reconcile the fact that that was the same thing. Like letting go of myself is this, it was exactly the same thing as embracing myself. It was one thing to do, looked like two, here's the duality again. And, um, and I'm struggling with this and I was struggling like, do I continue down this path or is like this too much change for me to handle? Um, or would I ever be given more than I can handle to handle? So what's the deal here? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in my basement of this house that I had just moved into with my partner at the time. Um, and, uh, she's on vacation and I'm there by myself in a new space. And I'm just like, what is, what is my life? What is going on here? And I had just made a drum for the first time. Oh, nice! Um, with a with a dear friend of mine, and um, and I was sitting there with my drum, 
having this, this moment, this crisis and kind of like just praying, let's say, uh, for guidance in this, in this respect, like can some kind of force here that maybe I'm connecting to, but I can't tell if I'm connecting to help me out with like the direction to take. And I started drumming and I started singing just whatever notes came. And, uh, this song, uh, literally just came, came through me at that time. And I would say since then, um, it's been something of an anthem for me. And it's a song that I feel very proud to sing in space with other people because it feels like the most authentic expression of my voice, um, that came through at a moment of, uh, very surrendered, um, like uh, openness, I guess you could say. I was just like, okay, like, I don't know how to figure this out on my own. Can something guide me? And then this song came. So um, this song, uh, it's called uh, I Am Walking. Um, And uh, yeah, be very happy to share that with you. Absolutely. I am walking into the light and sound, light and sound. I am awakening right now, right now. Hey now, hey, hey, hey now, hey, way, hey, oh, hey now, hey now, hey, hey, hey. Hey, oh, hey, I am walking for reunion of people and land. I will continue walking on this land, for this land. Hey, now, hey, hey, now, hey, way, hey, oh, hey, now, hey, now. Hey, 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 oh, hey, I am walking with my parents and their parents, and I will continue walking hand in hand, hand in hand, hey, now, hey, hey, now, hey, oh. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> thanks, brother. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for letting me sing that into the mic, man. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I, I like... Love just how this all kind of lined up over the last week, a yeah. uh, couple weeks meeting you and whatnot. It's been a cool journey to get to know you it before has, you, yeah. right before you jet out. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's a special thing to meet somebody and then there's this thing and then just to know that like, uh, I'm going to see you again and it's just going to be an yeah. awesome time, like whether it's here or there or wherever. Totally. So yeah. how's that for a testament to what we've been talking about? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> right on, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. You can find us online at www.elysiumproject.ca.